Hello everyone, this is Dr. Suri Mondas, the co-founder and managing director of IFRS International. Welcome to the program. Today we have with us Ayad Hasbullah and we're going to be talking about something very interesting and that's all about the ethos of the corporate missions versus the non-profit missions. So Ayad, before we start, maybe just like uh, to hear a little bit about yourself. I'm Ayad. I was born in PJ. Um, I then spent uh, half my formative years in the UK and I moved back to Malaysia. Work-wise, my exposure and experience has been hugely varied. Um, three continents, four countries, um, mainly in engineering by training. And then I moved on to being an environmental consultant. I became a consulting engineer, uh, maritime oil and gas construction development. Had a career change where I decided to Faced some challenges in the non-profit sector. Uh, this was maybe after eight, nine years of working. Um, that's where I first met uh, you, of course, which was great. Um, after that, I did I did my own thing for a while, but I think we worked, or you were kind enough to invite me in on some projects as well. Um, and since then, I've been in uh, TMT, they call it, which is essentially technology and media. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting, Ayat. Uh, it seems to be that you have actually a very colourful um, life and history. Perhaps you can tell me a little bit more about today our topic, and that's about corporate missions and the non-profit missions, and really what are those differences uh, between them? It's. Um, I think there is a difference. I think there is. A difference. There are a lot of similarities, but fundamentally, I think corporations and corporates they're set up to generate value for their shareholders. Um, now, on the non-profit side, which is, look, I dabbled in non-profits in 2014, 2015, and now I dabble in something called the lean method. And I suddenly realized recently that my non-profit exposure, you're generating value for the beneficiaries. Now, in lean, you're generating value for the customer. And in none of those two phrases do they mention money. It's all about value to the beneficiary in a non-profit case or to the customer in the company's case. Companies, uh, corporations, however, when you're generating financial value for shareholders, it changes the look and feel and the way they operate and the discussions you have. So just in the last four years, I can say there's a massive difference when, let's say, a senior leadership team or a core management team in corporations, right? They're talking about strategy. Pretty early on, uh, customer centricity and all the other things the phrase, well, this is what we want to achieve financially, that happens quite early on. There is always this thrust to be customer-centric, but pretty soon, finance is coming to it. What do you want to make in terms of money? Now, on a non-profit side, we never really discussed money until we reached a point where we were working backwards on an aligned mission, vision, outcome, um, and that's when it would come in. So a lot of the gray matter, the, the thinking, the planning didn't really focus on the money. It was purely seen as an enabler. And the, the other big difference with nonprofits, I think, when I worked in one, is always that there's never enough money anyway. Regardless of what you wanted to do, there would never be enough money anyway to do everything. So you have to be really smart with uh, how you get some return on that ringgit spent. In companies, it's almost always an equation where, well, if we spend this much, we can make this much. Completely different shift. <laughs> Can't disagree with you on that. Uh, right now, there's this momentum and a movement in terms of actually pushing for purpose as opposed to the mission or vision. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Because now that is actually now 
pushing for momentum and uh, especially in the the corporate sector uh, when it was always there in the non-profit agree with you it absolutely has come in non-profit world because i think um, the harvard business schools and the mckinsey companies of this world they've understood that if you want to manage the knowledge worker in a knowledge econ economy you've got to shift away from factory production line type of thinking you've got to motivate them and engage them and where else would they have learned from this but from the nonprofit sector and particularly because I can't remember who mentioned this might have been you but nonprofit started essentially from I think some form of centralized religious setup That's right. right and and these people would almost always have served rather than being paid um, and that has continued until today that ethos but they were very motivated. They were very engaged with their communities. They would do stuff, and that's continued. Um, there are now goods and bads with that approach because there's a talent issue in nonprofits and things like that. But, but um, yeah, I agree. I think that we have to acknowledge that when it comes to motivating people and keeping them engaged and driving towards a purpose, the for-profit place is has learned and is continuing to learn a lot from the purpose sector. Yeah. Peter Drucker wrote an article a while back uh, how the actual non-profit uh, corporate sector actually can learn from the non-profit sector and since then there's been a lot of uh, you know discussions about and perhaps some research on how uh, corporates actually can uh, learn from this particular uh, sector what's really happening now is that uh, one element that is really uh, occurring very fast and moving very fast is where a lot of these uh, their channels where people are getting CEOs or managers to come together and you know air their views and have peer-to-peer -peer discussions and safe s spaces where they can actually conduct their sessions and and do a lot of learning and uh, this really came about from the non-profit uh, sector where we had used to have alcoholic uh, anonymous we used to have uh, areas where we could actually have people to talk about their, their, their inner feelings and all that uh, now it's turned into something that has been of benefit even to the non-profit sector um, yeah your, your, what's your thoughts on Drunk is amazing and we learn a lot from him what I struggle so CEOs and managements and uh, senior management level and boards and profit companies, what I gather, there is quite a lot of um, the CEO essentially is not always going to be tracked against their performance. A trend in corporations has been the time limited contract, right? Two years, four years, five years for a CEO. And that's one of the ways to sort of build that friction between the CEO and the board. Uh, essentially to whom they report. But the CEO's job is also to set the agenda and the objectives for the board and the company and even their own performances. And then the chairman of the board will review them, right? It's very interesting. I don't know how many board of directors are given a performance review themselves in, in the profit-driven world. It's, that's, that's, that's quite different to in a non-profit. I remember that as you mentioned, there were certain, say, committees, working groups, perhaps built around a certain domain expertise of some of the people at board level, board of trustees or whatever it was. Um, and people were assessed. Like, it was really discussed on the impact they had and what a very detailed. Um, they had to know what they were talking about. So I think the, the profit world is, has learned a lot from the non-profit world. But there's this caveat. And this caveat to me is this. 
I view with a lot of cynicism personally any company, a bit like Elon Musk and Tesla. I mean, I, I love the character and, and what he wants to do, but telling people we need to change the world, I think is it's a bit too easy to say, and I don't think he's being too honest why he running those companies. What's your thoughts, Ayad, about, you know, this aspect of taking CEOs from the corporate sector and making them CEOs and non-profit sectors? Uh, do you think that they can actually work effectively? I mean, we know that, you know, CEOs from the non-profit sector will be challenged with being in a corporate sector, but is that reverse uh, possible? Um, it'll be, I'll, I'll be curious to know what your thoughts on this element is. Great question. And you wonder what is in their background that lends itself to their profile being a good fit for that board and mission, more importantly. Um, it's a great question. I once... I'm going to segue and I'll come back. So it's almost like, why don't we have... At one point, I was discussing with a non-profit. Why don't we have our beneficiaries? Why don't they have a, bo a voice that is direct on the board? It was a nice idea, but in application became very troublesome. Um, there, there were differences in, I think, uh, language level and things like that that meant that you, you'd struggle to set up a, a working situation where that would work over time. And I think this conversation touches upon that. A lot of the reason why CEOs of corporations and enterprise, they, they come in and they go to a nonprofit, it's because we've seen a change in nonprofit. Even in Malaysia, it's become you don't necessarily earn peanuts, but it is a big problem right now. You do have these people that are trained in, say, management, which used to be a dirty word. You have people trained in very specific skill sets. And it's become, you know, I know that you are on a mission to professionalize the nonprofit sector. But in my opinion, transplanting a CEO to a nonprofit will raise friction that isn't supposed to be there. And it's not between the CEO and the board. I think it's really in the fact that the way they approach a mission, the way they understand community and values is vastly different. A business community is very difficult to explain to the new businessman because they're like, it's where I live, it's where I eat, it's where my office is. But actually it's your it's your customers, it's your suppliers, it's profit side. It's not just the value chain that's different, it's the entire way you frame things, it's how you think about it, the amount of focus that you lend on certain discussions. As I mentioned before, in, in my in my exposure in, 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 in companies here, the conversation with all good faith will start with how do we make the customer happy? But very quickly it becomes, well, we want to make 200 million in five years. And there's not enough time given to working that out. And I just wonder whether the CEO will bring that with them or really understand what it is they want to achieve in terms of the mission of that nonprofit. There's a secondary thing to consider here, which is the individual itself. If they've been selected for a nonprofit role based on essentially their passion and what they do in their spare time, I think the emotional buy-in is needed, but they might then become too individualized and things get built on relationships rather than objectively being able to reflect and assess against your stated mission. Because the, that organization, the nonprofit, should outlive that CEO. And when things become a bit too relationship-based and individual-based, it's, it's often a difficult question to tackle later on when it needs to be. It's really good talking to you, Aya, as always. Um, so this is Dr. Sudhimohan Das signing off for IFIRST International. We'll be back again with another high-class, highly talented, competent expert in the non-profit world. 
For those of you interested in listening to this podcast, please visit www.ifirstinternational.com.